preciso. Governor Andrew Cuomo, I appreciate yeah. you coming on the show. Thank you. I love you. I'm proud of what you're doing. I know you're working hard for your state, but no matter how hard you're working, there's always time to call mom. She wants to hear from you, just so you know. Yeah, I called mom. I called mom just before I came on the show. It's not what By she the said. way, she said I was her favorite. She never said Good that. news is she said you were her second favorite. Second favorite son, no. Christopher. The fifth time, ma. Yes. Part of the idea of creativity is that you are being constantly offered the world. Creation consistently invites your imagination. And the nature of creation is its constant unfolding and creativity. So that in actual fact, to be creative is just simply to be alive. If you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. What happened to your unlived lives? And where do they dwell? And I really think they gather and they travel along with you. And that in actual fact, there is a kind of penumbral world around us, which is different than the unconscious and different than the shadow, but is another world of implicit, latent, held over possibility that accompanies every life. The only thing I'm seeing I'd like to put an amend on Perhaps a little more room here for the fixins. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, we're gonna have a lot of fixins. We're gonna have so many fixins. Plus, cancel culture is spreading like wildfire. There is now a call for Generation X, that is X, to lead the charge to save America from the social media mob. Can they do it? Uh, I support New York. This is the perfect mask, okay? You have the Mets when you're at a Mets game. You turn it around. You have the Yankees when you're at a Yankees.
Look how you've grown up, Paulie. I know. I don't understand. When I was a kid, you two were old ladies. Now I'm old, and you two are still old. If you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow. From the Winslow T broadcast booth here in eh, chilly but warming Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom. In the background, as always, our Bremer McCoy with their song, Hodger. We gotta write a letter to these guys. I can't write and talk at the same time, so I might need to go off mic to write it, but I'm gonna write it on on the air. Gonna maybe take some calls today. We've got the Defeat 8 and our March Sadness tournament-style contest between... Sad memories. Who won? Who was left? What upsets were there? Upset. That takes on a whole new meaning when you're talking about March sadness, right? First off, though, how about that mashup? If you want to go to Bob Evans and eat, go to Bob Evans and eat. I'm excited about that mashup because it it's a, it's a new Rubicon. It's We've crossed the Rubicon. You cross the Rubicon, you've entered the crucible. 
That was mashup number 42. That was the, meaning it was the 42nd mashup that I ever, ever did. But it was an updated, uh, a, re, a mashed up mashup. I did that mashup this time last year. And then I went back in. I'm like George Lucas going in and uh, updating the graphics. But instead of updating the graphics, I, I updated the content a little bit. I added stuff. What if I keep doing this? What if I keep doing this show five years from now? It's just a compendium. It's like a this day. On this day, here's what happened, Larry. How cool would that be? So what was in it? What was in it from last year and what was in it from this year? I know you're, you've got your T-chart out. <laughs> All right, I want you to make a T-chart. And on one side, I want you to put the heading last year. And on the other side, this year. And I'll tell you which side, or you can guess, and then we'll see. If you want to go to Bob Evans and eat, go to Bob Evans and eat. What was it? That was last year. That was, I think, the governor of West Virginia. Not the senator. That's Joe Manchin. That guy lives in a mansion, and he's talking about the $15 minimum wage. Come on. Right? Yeah, so you had um, this guy. This was right as as uh, as as COVID was was hitting us, and uh, it was getting freaky. But he said to go to Bob Evans and eat if you want. We got a and be under underneath that was West Virginia's own Bill Withers, and this leads me to. Uh, a segment of the show that I'd like to call Excusez-moi. And I'd like to call it Excusez-moi because that's the, its name. And it goes like this. I'm going to teach you how to say excuse me in French. That means I am sorry. Excusez-moi. Excuse-moi. Pardon. Pardonnez-moi. Je suis désolé. So last year, or let me start over. Last week, last week is the crucial beginning part of this. Last week, I, I waltzed into this studio and I was like, oh, it's exactly a year. It's the anniversary. Just like a dummy. Because you know what? It was, it was, it was like 51 weeks. Now's the actual anniversary of me. Uh, going dark, going, uh, doing the show from home. This week is because last week I can tell by the mashups because this mashup that I made was the first mashup, uh, that I made from home. Okay. So put that on as a addendum to the T chart. And I remember that because we were listening to that Bill Withers song. We had our last house guests over. We had our friends who live in the building and we had him over and we were freaking out about um, COVID and we had 
dinner and drinks and uh, we were just blowing off steam and we didn't know what was what was going to change, what was going to stay the same. And so I went out and got some more drinks. I got so, I got us some beers and some chips. And I put my headphones on and that Bill Withers song came came up. Uh, what's it called? Run? Uh, Bill Withers Run? Another day to run. And I was like, oh man, I gotta mash this up. So that's in the mashup. So put that on the last year side of the T chart. And then also I uh I was like, help, right? From the Beatles. <laughs> you've heard you've heard of the Beatles, right? So they're saying help over that, given the 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 feeling of help with that that we were all feeling, right? I've been thinking of I've been having these flashbacks to last year. We can see the FDR from our apartment. We would see the it was you know, it was basically a ghost town except the whole FDR would just be filled with with ambulances this time last year. It just felt out of control. You didn't know where it was going to stop. Worrying about, you know, the whole panic of are we going to get your food and toilet paper? That was silly, obviously. But, you know, we never experienced anything like that. And to the rescue, who came? Who came to the rescue? A man named Andrew Cuomo, right? So we heard from Andrew and his brother Chris just doing their fun show on CNN. And I, uh, when he said, I called mom. It sound, sounded exactly like Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos. And I know what you're saying. It's like uh, Chris Cuomo's big on this, that uh, Italian-Americans are the one group that you can still uh, pick on and not get canceled. Maybe he's maybe he's right, but man, if Andrew Cuomo did, doesn't sound like uh, Polly Walnuts when he said, I called mom. So then we heard from Polly Walnuts. And again, I apologize for misleading you about the the time, the timestamp of all this stuff. We heard from our buddy, friend of the show, Seth Kaufman of Floating Action with his jam Seized. And interspersed with that was the poet philosopher John O'Donohue. Happy, he's Irish, so happy that we can link that up with St. Patrick's Day. Which I don't, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day, although I do uh, have an affinity for Ireland. Where are you from, Jim? Ireland. I like your accent. You guys remember that. We heard from Rex and Effects with Rump Shaker. Do, 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 do. At Sax Line, it's tough. Talk about tough. Um, and that goes out to my buddy uh, J Rod. We used to always, he used to always play that when we were on tour. That do 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 do. We heard from what's his name, the guy from Eastbound and Down, Kenny Powers. And I never remember that actor's name. It's it's a weird block that I have. Talking about the fixins, I'd love some fixins right now. Some 
mashed potatoes, gravy, mac and cheese, some slaw. In the background, we're hearing from Mahmoud Gina in Floating Points, and this song's called Mimun Marhaba. This is cool, right? Check it out. and I have been exploring the this Saharan playlist on Spotify. Man, this is this is tough right here. It's in BT dubs, it's Danny McBride. Thank you to my research team. My research team is back. Still, I want to see how long I could talk about the mashup one day. <laughs> so then, all right, I'm going to let you know this one is on the this year side of your T-chart. Pot, uh, if you legalize marijuana, it's going to kill your kids. I think some dude from Nebraska said that uh, this past week. And that was a precursor. I guess the Biden administration heard about that and then fired all these people for smoking pot, right? You hear that story? It's silly. What a narc. Then we heard, uh, uh, this was from Fox News, which uh, a lot of independent journalists are saying is the, is the only news source now because Fox News is not afraid of cancel culture and the corporate media domination, right? But, uh, yeah, this this uh, reporter on, uh, well, no, not a reporter, pundit, what do you call him? Talking head on Fox News says that it's up to Generation X to fight against cancel culture and fight against the millennials, which... I was going to talk about this, and it's funny. And then I, I, I was watching uh, a comedian that I would like to recommend to you in a, in a, in the next segment of the, of the show. So let me do this. It's a recommendation. So there's this guy Nate Bargatze, and he's he's funny. He's like uh, this kind of dude from. Tennessee. I like him. He makes me laugh. It's kind of wholesome in a way. He doesn't really uh, curse. And he seems like he might be like a kind of middle of the road politically. But, um, you know, I'm not going to cancel this guy. I think he's funny. And he talked he talks in his special his special's great i forgot what it's called research team what's what's his special called please um 
But he talks about how he was born. He's the exact same age as me. He was born in 79, like I was. And as somebody my age... I'm not Generation X, and I'm not a millennial. I'm a, I'm in a gap. I'm like a cusp person, so I don't have I don't have a dog in this fight. And when people there's all these flame wars going on 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 social media between Generation X and and the millennials, and then millennials and Generation Z and all this stuff. Greatest average American. Is Nate Bargatze's uh, comedy special? I recommend it. But um, yeah, I so I don't know. It, the phones can ring on that topic as well. So the phones can ring when people want to call in seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. Got to remember that one. Memorize that. I still have the old one memorized. It's one of the few phone numbers I have memorized. But the new one. 718-673-8201. If you want to call in, we got open phones today. Take my first call, hopefully, or series of calls. You can call on the generations. Generation X, millennial. Do you think Generation X can save us from cancel, cancel culture? And as I'm joking, obviously, because I, if you don't know me, I did a whole thing uh, a couple weeks ago about how we shouldn't use the word, the phrase "cancel culture." I'm 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 poking fun, but I would be interested in, in what people think about this this flame war between the generations. You can also call in on the topic: Why are the 1970s interesting? And speaking of, we're listening to James Brown off the payback. This is one of the um, I've been digging into 70s music and this was one of the songs that I was like man I dig this and it reminds me of a story I wanted to tell in the background right now you're hearing this is Fred Wesley playing the trombone check out his solo and when when he's done I'll tell you the story keeps going on and on. So let me t- tell the story. There was this place, was it called Thibodeau Jones or something? If anybody knows, is listening from Asheville. What was that place? Thibodeau something? It's like a fake New Orleans place on, on the main drag in Asheville, North Carolina. And I was there eating some barbecue, as you do in, in North Carolina. And I stepped out front for some air with my friend and I saw a flyer and I said oh my god Fred Wesley's playing here Fred Wesley he was was the trombone player for James Brown that's amazing he's playing here and then I hear a voice I'm Fred Wesley and I turn around 
And it was Fred Wesley standing right there. Say, oh my God, Mr. Wesley, it's such a pleasure meeting you. I'll be sure to come see you play. I didn't come see him play. I think I had to work. It's been knee deep in the pizza game at that time. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to recommend was this this thing we watched last night, Fake Famous. It's on HBO. It's about a it's about social media influencers influencers and how it's all a big game. It's a half the half the their followers are are bots, but nobody wants to take it down because it's it's all smoke and mirrors. Pretty interesting. And then which which side does this go on? The mashup ended with Cuomo saying, "I've got the perfect mask. One side Yankees, one side Mets. I'm a New Yorker. I mean, I love New York." When was that from? It was from this week. He was so proud of himself. He thought it was so funny. He's trying to get his yucks in where he can, I guess. And, uh, you know, as a Mets fan, I do um, also... I, I guess I can mock him all I want about this, um, about this, but I, I also support both the Mets and the Yankees. Why do you have to pick? I mean, I'm a Mets person, but go Yanks. I can say it. Although when I really try to go get into the Yankees, it just doesn't work for me. We've talked about that. Phones can also ring on on how you're feeling about the the baseball season. So, calls on why the seventies are interesting. The flame wars between the generations. The upcoming baseball season, and then also uh, if anybody had any reaction to how the internet has changed us. Speaking of fake famous and all that kind of stuff. You can call in on that topic. But I have to get to the whole March Sadness stuff. It's already halfway through the show and I need to be aggressive. Be aggressive. B-A-G-G-R-E. I always mess this up. B-E aggressive. B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E aggressive. B-B aggressive. Full stop. Isn't it cool when people end end something with full stop instead of period? So classy. It's also it's like almost as cool as on Twitter when someone says something like Cuomo should resign. That's the tweet. Love that. That's the tweet. Oh, and before before we move on to March Sadness, last thing, I promise. I've been talking about how I was going to be on this podcast, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It, it dropped. Why is this not a movie? With my, Mike Vago, check it out. I, I'm on the most recent one. It was a lot of fun. Okay. I don't think I'm going to have time to write Bremer McCoy today. 
Sorry, guys. Let me take a breath and then we're going to do this March Sadness. March Sadness, the tournament, tournament style, winner takes all, tournament, <laughs> shouldn't use the same word in the sentence twice, it's not good writing, but you get the, the drift, we did the sad 16 last week, and I'm going to go in and, and say who won, and thank you to our judge who decided this. Who, who wrote some really great responses to justify their choices. In the East, the New York and Northeast division, our first contest was between Peanuts Club and High School Musical. And the winner was High School Musical, I'm not going to read both. If you want to go back, you can go in the archive and, and see the, the contests. But I'm just going to read the, the winner here. High School Musical. When I was a junior in high school, I had a girlfriend who made me break up with myself. I was the drum major of the marching band, and she was head cheerleader. We were just a few characters short of a high school musical. Anyway... After prom and before her graduation, she came over to my house one evening, and when we sat down on the couch, she said, Nothing. Literally nothing. We had hung out as normal the day before. I didn't know what was up, so I started asking questions about her family, school, if everything was okay. She would only nod or shake her head. Eventually, I got around to asking whether it was about us. Slight nod. Was she unhappy? Slight nod. Did she want to break up? Weird, enthusiastic nod. So did we just break up, I asked? Nod. Then she left. She didn't say a word the entire time. Four days later, she graduated, and I don't think I ever saw her again. Guess I was a bad prom date. And our judge said, High school musical. The sheer absurdity of the premise. A girlfriend who made me break up with myself. The escalating strangeness of the conversation where the boy has to read her mind and the timing of the breakup post-prom 
This is Adolescent Emotional Literacy by Kafka. Second contest, second matchup, we have breakup. We had backup versus Scouts. Scouts was a story about this aspiring baseball player who ate dirt at the at Wrigley Field, and and it was it was a good one, but backup won. Backup. I was an athlete in college, and as a sophomore, I was friends with a few older guys on the team, which I was proud of. They thought I was funny, which meant even more, since I wasn't actually starting on the team, so they probably didn't think very much of my athletic ability. I was walking down the locker room one day when I saw the starting quarterback smiling with his two favorite jokesters, cackling around his locker. Come on, man, I'm not as fat as Demena, he chuckled. How they laughed. But the laugh stopped immediately when he saw me, standing cold in my tracks, speechless. A dumbstruck, fat, openly mocked backup quarterback. The worst part is how they felt bad, and their little fun huddle just dissipated in my presence. I did not know what to say. Our judge said, My heart went out to this guy whose whole college sophomoric worldview got turned upside down by overhearing this stupid, cruel comment about his weight. The story also suggested to me that things we worship in school, namely being funny over being kind, or at least the group over the individual. Not only did he learn he was not only did he learn he was little more than a laughable sidekick to the real men of the football team, but he was also so invested in, in the camaraderie of the team. So wanted these guys to have a good time, always. That's the worst part of overhearing him. That the worst part of overhearing them was causing their fun little huddle to dissipate because they felt bad. Yes. So, backup will go up against High School Musical in the Defeat 8. Got that to look forward to, as does our next secret judge provided to us by Chambers McSullivan Law Firm. The next matchup, Hell's Kitchen versus Nightcrawler. And our winner of this contest was Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, right in the midst of high school, my friends and I went went to go see the midnight showing of X3, X-Men The Last Stand. One of our friends, to preface, was a bit of a bully and the jerk of the group. He was trying to pressure us all into dressing up. I knew this was much before cosplay was as accepted as it is now, so we all passed and he was like, okay, whatever. He was the last person we picked up on the way to the movie theater, which was an hour away. He was completely painted blue, white t-shirt with blue shorts. 
Our friend that was driving said, you can't come in the car like that. You're going to get paint everywhere. The blue guy told him to shut up. Everything would be fine. He got in the car and yelled, guys, I'm Nightcrawler. We said, great, but Nightcrawler isn't in this movie. He told us to shut up and said we didn't know anything. We get to the movie, we're waiting in line, and he's the only one dressed up. At least a hundred people in line. Everyone in line keeps calling him Mystic. He keeps fighting back, saying he's Nightcrawler, he's in this movie. Turns out Nightcrawler was not in the movie. He got blue paint all over our friend's seats and ended up getting a rash from the paint and couldn't come to school for the next week. And our judge says, Partly because I was just kind of confused by the restaurant story, but also because I was intrigued by the ambiguous tone behind the Nightcrawler story. I chose Nightcrawler. The story could be just as much about the narrator taking pleasure in this guy looking like an idiot, behaving like a heel and totally getting what's coming to him, as it could be about the narrator realizing gradually that his bully friend is a pathetic dude trying to joyfully obsess over a film character and, as a bonus, to gain the admiration of other fans, but whose attempts misfire in every way. Either way, a sad jerk. All right. And in the uh, final contest of New York and Northeast, we had uh, Green Jumpsuit versus Deer Diary. And the winner was Green Jumpsuit. A couple years ago, my father went to prison. There were so many sad moments involved in that, both in the lead-up to it happening through the sentencing, and then the horrible reality of it actually coming to pass. Some of the things involved in that ordeal are beyond what you have in mind. A sentencing, for example, is heartbreaking, beyond description, and something wouldn't wish on their worst enemy. Some of the sadder moments were small and almost bittersweet. There was one time I went to visit by myself. I had been a few times and sort of gotten used to it. I'd grown accustomed to the staff's intimidation the awful ambience of the visiting room that felt like spending an afternoon in a dusty bus station, the sight of children leaping into the arms of their fathers. I'd become inured to the sight of my elderly father in his green jumpsuit ambling slowly towards me, a shell of his former self. This time, instead of a cross, he sat next to me. A football game was on one of the TVs. We sat and watched and chatted. We caught up Recalled old times we laughed. For a moment, everything was fine. We were father and son again, enjoying a Sunday afternoon, watching football. But then we saw the clock approaching late afternoon. Visiting hours were coming to an end. My dad nervously took note that we better say goodbye so as not to risk any trouble. That carefree moment was over. We said our goodbyes a guard handed me back my ID, and before I left, I turned back once more to see my father anxiously waiting. A guard would have to let him back in where the bunks were. He fidgeted with his hands as he sat, looking totally helpless and vulnerable. This man, who once seemed like a giant in my imagination, waited like a child, hoping to evade a harsh punishment. I walked out to the desolate parking lot took one last look at this horrible place and drove away. 
Narjud says the sadness of incarceration compounds with the sadness of learning your hero is just a person. Seeing with total clarity that the person who once seemed like a giant in your imagination and who only moments ago was a father enjoying a visit from his son is instead a person caught in the crush of an indifferent system. Devastating. All right. So, Green Jumpsuit will go up against Nightcrawler, and Backup will go up against High School Musical in our New York and Northeast conference. If you're listening to the show on your computer, you can consider downloading the app for your Android or your iPhone. It works great, the app does, and it's free. Also, if you feel like supporting the station and the plethora of shows that we have, all independent programming and volunteer work, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. While you're there, you can stop by and Sign up for our newsletter. We only hit you up once a month, let you know about all the great things that are going on at the station and in our community. And our programming and this March Sadness is sponsored by City Running Tours, www city running tours slash New York City. And guess what I'm going to do today, guys? I got my shoes. I went and got fitted for the perfect sneaks. I got my running gear. I'm going to go on a run, a jog. I'm going to start slow, take care of those knees, but I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. Previously, we're listening to Rachel's music for Egon Scheel, like we did for the East Coast. I want to try to keep things equitable here. Same music. Same music now for the, for the South and Central Division. This is Bill Evans' Conversations with Myself record, starting out with Love's theme for Spartacus. Okay. Okay, first contest in the South and Central Division was Jen and Brad versus On the Road, and it was a close one. I had people writing me about both, but the winner was On the Road. Probably the saddest I've ever been on the road playing music was in this terrible English town called Filey. I was in what? couldn't legally pass as a hotel room with this crazy Scottish tour manager and bandmate. It was so depressing and gross. I wanted to escape, but the rest of the band were at another place and our phones didn't work. There was literally no possible way for me to leave. Nowhere else to go or stay. It smelled so bad, 
I was staring at the TV watching a BBC, BBC doc about Russia's worst prisons laying on this disgusting little bed. The other two dudes' beds filled up the room completely and it was so dark. In the morning, I just grabbed my suitcase and started walking. Eventually, my phone worked enough to find my bandmate. In another awful twist of fate on our next tour, there I was in Filey, adamant to make sure we didn't end up at that place again. The tour manager assured me that we were staying somewhere different. He drove up and said, this is it, see, different place. I said, okay. Then we walked in and realized with horror we were on the other side of the same damn building. The sadness and rage combo was insane. And our judge said, this detail wins it for me. A BBC documentary about Russia's worst prisons in a smelly little hotel room separated from your bandmates. Hell, loathing, despair. All right. So who will on the road go up against? It's either going to be forensics or rapture. And rapture started out. I grew up in an evangelical family and learned to be very afraid. And... Our judge said, I laughed out loud at this first sentence. But they said, despite the amusement at the cadence of the rapture opening line, I preferred forensics for its reversal of fortune. So forensics goes as follows. Forensics. In high school, I had an on-again, off-again relationship that for much of my senior year was in an unacknowledged limbo. We'd get together and snog, as the British say, but never quite publicly declared ourselves to be dating. We were both on the forensic team, and these trysts would sometimes happen when we went to tournaments out of town. In the depths of winter, a small, one might say elite, group of us competed in a tournament several states away. She and I hung out that weekend, but we had not gotten physical yet. As was often the case, we had a long van ride back home through the night on Sunday. In anticipation of a night of romance, I scored a seat in the back corner of the van and was ecstatic when she sat beside me. I thought it was a little weird that her ex-boyfriend sat beside us as well, but being an eager young man, I did not really care. What I could not have known at the time, but would be revealed over the course of the next several hundred miles was that there was still an ember between the two of them. Predictably, their flame was rekindled, and I spent the night listening to their kissing noises and being bumped by their knees and elbows while the driver smoked cigarettes and I looked out at the dark, soggy Midwestern cornfields. Our judge went on to say, I also like how the sense of self goes from high, one might say elite, to extremely low, not when the girl refuses to acknowledge him as a romantic interest at all at all senior year, but only when he becomes trapped in a seatmate becomes a trapped seatmate next to the kissing couple, forced to witness his hopes dying a cornfield background death. All right. So that means forensics will go up against on the road in our defeat eight round. In our next contest, Running Late went up against Culture Shock, and the winner was Culture Shock. 
I graduated from a British high school in Hong Kong at age 16 and was accepted to college in the U.S. Once there, I quickly suffered from culture shock because of my years abroad, including six years in India as a youngster. All alone without family, I felt like a boy surrounded by older men and women who knew exactly how to act. Struggling with pre-med courses, I withdrew into studying. I managed to finish the year, perhaps buoyed by the knowledge that I was going back to a senior year of high school at a nearby academy the next year. This painful psychiatric boot camp taught me to have have greater empathy for those with loneliness, social anxiety, self-doubt, and depression. By delaying my college graduation a year, it also allowed me to meet my future wife. Okay, well, we don't need, we need the sad part. Um, our judge said, I felt so sad for this 16-year-old boy who knew nobody at college in the U.S. Whose insane idea was this? Psychiatric boot camp indeed. Okay, so culture shock. Maybe it should have been called psychiatric boot camp. Goes up against the winner of this final contest, Trilogy versus No Jazz. And the winner is Trilogy. It's January in Chicago, meaning it's cold as a witch's titty. But I'm wearing flip-flops because my feet are swollen like hands. Sad part one. I had a baby three days ago and said baby is in the NICU. But I've already been discharged, so I have to go visit my own kid in the hospital. Sad part two. I step into the hospital elevator with my flip-flops and some old lady with big hair and cheap perfume asks me, Oh, so you're here to have your baby? To which I have to explain politely, No, I've already had the baby, you old bag. To which she tells me, God works in mysterious ways. Sad part three. This sad story, uh, this is from our judge, this sad story about having a newborn in the hospital where you have to wear flip-flops in the Chicago cold and bear the sanctimonious nonsense of total strangers blows the disgruntled general manager out of the water. And that's a reference to no jazz. Thank you to all our contestants and congratulations to those going on to the next round. Again, it's going to be in the Defeat 8. We're going to have High School Musical against Backup and Nightcrawler against Green Jumpsuit and New York and Northeast. And in South and Central, we'll be On the Road versus Forensics and Culture Shock versus Trilogy. And we'll, uh, those will be judged by a new judge provided by the law firm of Chambers McSullivan. And then when we get to the final four, we'll, we'll do uh, listener votes. It's just too complicated to try to for me to keep track of listener votes. Maybe I'll do it next year. I need a good app. Anybody have a good app for for voting? What Survey Monkey? Am I gonna get people to do Survey Monkey? Give me a break. Also, I guess people gave me a break on the phone calls. Unless this thing doesn't work. Does phone work?
So I wanted to play something for you guys and have you check check this out real quick. You ever hear um, music in a, in a different way? Hear something in a song that you've never heard before? Man, sure, I sure did. I had I Am a Rock by Simon and Garfunkel stuck in my head. It's like, let me put that on. I was having lunch. Threw on I Am a Rock. And, uh, you know, great lyrics, great song. But give this another listen and listen to the organ player on this song. The guy's going insane on the organ. I'd say overplaying. What do you guys think? Check out I Am, I Am a Rock and then I'll, oh, we'll say our goodbyes. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom. A winter's day In a deep and dark December I am alone Gazing from my window to the streets below On a freshly fallen silent shroud of snow I am a rock I am an island I've built walls A fortress deep and mighty No need of friendship, friendship causes pain It's laughter and it's loving I disdain I am a rock, I am an island Don't talk of love Of feelings that have died If I never loved I never would have cried I am a rock I am an island I have my books And my poetry To protect me In my womb, I touch no one and no one touches me. I am a rock, I am an island. And a rock feels no pain, and an island never cries. Was I overreacting to the organ? I would tell you to call in, but is there even time? I don't think there is, but I think there might be time for something else. Let's let's get this off the table. All right. I didn't play Drobber yet, the other Bremer McCoy song that I played. Let me, let me see if I can speed write this. I've got like three minutes. I'm going to write to Bremer and McCoy. 
next, next, ugh, that's not good radio, hold on, I'll try to let you hear my keys clicking here, Hey guys, as usual, I'm playing your music as a bed for my radio show, Race to the Bottom, which has aired on Radio Free Brooklyn for the past few years. I'm writing you live during my show. I would love to have you call into the show to talk about your composition and recording process. Your music has provided a great solace to me over the past number of years, and I would love to share it with a wider audience. I'm going to edit it, but I think that's what we'll do. Talk to you guys next week.